Chapter Seventy of the Count of Monte Cristo by Alexandre Dumas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventy, The Ball. It was in the warmest days of July when, in due course of time, the Saturday arrived upon which the ball was to take place at Monsieur de Morcerf's. It was ten o'clock at night. The branches of the great trees in the garden of the Count's house stood out boldly against the azure canopy of heaven which was studded with golden stars but where the last fleeting clouds of a vanishing storm yet lingered from the apartments on the ground floor might be heard the sound of music with the whirl of the waltz and gallop while brilliant streams of light shone through the openings of the venetian blinds at this moment the garden was only occupied by about ten servants who had just received orders from their mistress to prepare the supper the serenity of the weather continuing to increase until now it had been undecided whether the supper should take place in the dining-room or under a long tent erected on the lawn but the beautiful blue sky studded with stars had settled the question in favour of the lawn the gardens were illuminated with coloured lanterns according to the italian custom and as is usual in countries where the luxuries of the table the rarest of all luxuries in their complete form are well understood the supper table was loaded with wax lights and flowers at the time the countess of morcerf returned to the rooms after giving her orders many guests were arriving more attracted by the charming hospitality of the countess than by the distinguished position of the count for owing to the good taste of mercedes one was sure of finding some devices at her entertainment worthy of describing or even copying in case of need madame danglars in whom the events we have related had caused deep anxiety had hesitated about going to madame de morcerf's when during the morning her carriage happened to meet that of villefort the latter made a sign and when the carriages had drawn close together said you are going to madame de morcerf's are you not no replied madame Longlars. i am too ill you are wrong replied villefort significantly it is important that you should be seen there do you think so asked the baroness i do in that case i will go and the two carriages passed on towards their different destinations madame Longlars therefore came not only beautiful in person but radiant with splendour she entered by one door at the time when mercedes appeared at the door the countess took albert to meet madame Longlars. he approached paid her some well-merited compliments on her toilet and offered his arm to conduct her to her seat albert looked around him you are looking for my daughter said the baroness smiling i confess it replied albert could you have been so cruel as not to bring her calm yourself she has met mademoiselle de villefort and has taken her arm see they are following us both in white dresses one with a bouquet of camellias the other with one of miosotis but tell me well what do you wish to know will not the count of monte cristo be here to-night seventeen replied albert what do you mean i only mean that the count seems the rage replied the viscount smiling and that you are the seventeenth person that has asked me the same question 
the count is in fashion i congratulate him upon it and have you replied to every one as you have to me ah to be sure i have not answered you be satisfied we shall have this lion we are among the privileged ones were you at the opera yesterday no he was there ah indeed and did, did the eccentric person commit any new originality can he be seen without doing so elsler was dancing in the diable boiteux the greek princess was in ecstasies after the cachucha he placed a magnificent ring on the stem of a bouquet and threw it to the charming dancers who in the third act to do honour to the gift reappeared with it on her finger and the greek princess will she be here no you will be deprived of that pleasure her position in the count's establishment is not sufficiently understood wait leave me here and go and speak to madame de villefort who is trying to attract your attention albert bowed to madame danglars and advanced towards madame de villefort whose lips opened as he approached i wager anything said albert interrupting her that i know what you are about to say well what is it if i guess rightly will you confess it yes on your honor on my honor you were going to ask me if the count of monte cristo had arrived or was expected not at all it is not of him that i am now thinking i was going to ask you if you had received any news of monsieur france yes yesterday what did he tell you that he was leaving at the same time as his letter well now then the count the count will come of that you may be satisfied you know that he has another name besides monte cristo no i did not know it monte cristo is the name of an island and he has a family name i never heard it well then i am better informed than you his name is zacon it is possible he is maltese that is also possible the son of a ship owner really you should relate all this aloud you would have the greatest success he served in india discovered a mine in thessaly and comes to paris to establish a mineral water cure at auteuil well i am sure said morcerf this is indeed news am i allowed to repeat it yes but cautiously tell one thing at a time and do not say i told you why so because it is a secret just discovered by whom the police then the news originated at the prefect's last night paris you can understand is astonished at the sight of such unusual splendor and the police have made inquiries well well nothing more is wanting than to arrest the count as a vagabond on the pretext of his being too rich indeed that doubtless would have happened if his credentials had not been so favorable poor count and is he aware of the danger he has been in i think not 
then it will be but charitable to inform him when he arrives i will not fail to do so just then a handsome young man with bright eyes black hair and glossy moustache respectfully bowed to madame de villefort albert extended his hand madame said albert allow me to present to you monsieur maximilian morel captain of spahis one of our best and above all of our bravest officers i have already had the pleasure of meeting this gentleman at auteuil at the house of the count of monte cristo replied madame de villefort turning away with marked coldness of manner this answer and especially the tone in which it was uttered chilled the heart of poor morel but a recompense was in store for him turning around he saw near the door a beautiful fair face whose large blue eyes were without any marked expression fixed upon him while the bouquet of myosotis was gently raised to her lips the salutation was so well understood that morel with the same expression in his eyes placed his handkerchief to his mouth and these two living statues whose hearts beat so violently under their marble aspect separated from each other by the whole length of the room forgot themselves for a moment or rather forgot the world in their mutual contemplation they might have remained much longer lost in one another without anyone noticing their abstraction the count of monte cristo had just entered we have already said that there was something in the count which attracted universal attention wherever he appeared it was not the coat unexceptional in its cut though simple and unornamented it was not the plain white waistcoat it was not the trousers that displayed the foot so perfectly formed it was none of these things that attracted the attention it was his pale complexion his waving black hair his calm and serene expression his dark and melancholy eye his mouth chiselled with such marvellous delicacy which so easily expressed such high disdain these were what fixed the attention of all upon him many men might have been handsomer but certainly there could be none whose appearance was more significant if the expression may be used everything about the count seemed to have its meaning for the constant habit of thought which he had acquired had given an ease and vigor to the expression of his face and even to the most trifling gesture scarcely to be understood yet the parisian world is so strange that even all this might not have won attention had there not been connected with it a mysterious story gilded by an immense fortune meanwhile he advanced through the assemblage of guests under a battery of curious glances towards madame de morcerf who standing before a mantelpiece ornamented with flowers had seen his entrance in a looking-glass placed opposite the door and was prepared to receive him she turned towards him with a serene smile just at the moment he was bowing to her no doubt she fancied the count would speak to her while on his side the count thought she was about to address him but both remained silent and after a mere bow monte cristo directed his steps to albert who received him cordially have you seen my mother asked albert i have just had the pleasure replied the count but i have not seen your father see he is down there talking politics with that little group of great geniuses 
indeed said monte cristo and so those gentlemen down there are men of great talent i should not have guessed it and for what kind of talent are they celebrated you know there are different sorts the tall harsh-looking man is very learned he discovered in the neighborhood of rome a kind of lizard with a vertebra more than lizards usually have and he immediately laid his discovery before the institute the thing was discussed for a long time but finally decided in his favor i can assure you the vertebra made a great noise in the learned world and the gentleman who was only a knight of the legion of honor was made an officer come said monte cristo this cross seems to me to be wisely awarded i suppose had he found another additional vertebra they would have made him a commander very likely said albert and who can that person be who has taken it in his head to wrap himself up in a blue coat embroidered with green oh that coat is not his own it is the republics which deputed david to devise a uniform for the academicians indeed said monte cristo so this gentleman is an academician within the last week he has been made one of the learned assembly and what is his special talent his talent i believe he thrusts pins through the heads of rabbits he makes fowls eat madder and punches the spinal marrow out of dogs with whalebone and he is made a member of the academy of sciences for this no of the french academy but what has the french academy to do with all this i was going to tell you it seems that his experiments have very considerably advanced the cause of science doubtless no that his style of writing is very good this must be very flattering to the feelings of the rabbits into whose heads he has thrust pins to the fowls whose bones he has dyed red and to the dogs whose spinal marrow he has punched out albert laughed and the other one demanded the count that one yes the third the one in the dark blue coat yes he is a colleague of the count and one of the most active opponents to the idea of providing the chamber of peers with a uniform he was very successful upon that question he stood badly with the liberal papers but his noble opposition to the wishes of the court is now getting him into favor with the journalists they talk of making him an ambassador and what are his claims to the peerage he has composed two or three comic operas written four or five articles in the siècle and voted five or six years on the ministerial side bravo viscount said monte cristo smiling you are a delightful cicerone and now you will do me a favor will you not what is it do not introduce me to any of these gentlemen and should they wish it you will warn me just then the count felt his arm pressed he turned round it was danglars ah is it you baron said he why do you call me baron said danglars you know that i care nothing for my title i am not like you viscount you like your title do you not certainly replied albert 
seeing that without my title i should be nothing while you sacrificing the baron would still remain the millionaire which seems to me the finest title under the royalty of july replied danglars unfortunately said monte cristo one's title to a millionaire does not last for life like that of baron peer of france or academician for example the millionaires frank and pullman of frankfort who have just become bankrupts indeed said danglars becoming pale yes i received the news this evening by a courier i had about a million in their hands but warned in time i withdrew it a month ago ah mon dieu exclaimed danglars they have drawn on me for two hundred thousand francs well you can throw out the draft their signature is worth five per cent yes but it is too late said danglars i have honored their bills then said monte cristo here are two hundred thousand francs gone after hush do not mention these things said danglars then approaching monte cristo he added especially before young monsieur cavalcanti after which he smiled and turned towards the young man in question albert had left the count to speak to his mother danglars to converse with young cavalcanti monte cristo was for an instant alone meanwhile the heat became excessive the footmen were hastening through rooms with waiters loaded with ices monte cristo wiped the perspiration from his forehead but drew back when the waiter was presented to him he took no refreshment madame de morcerf did not lose sight of monte cristo she saw that he took nothing and even noticed his gesture of refusal albert she asked did you notice that what mother that the count has never been willing to partake of food under the roof of monsieur de morcerf yes but then he breakfasted with me indeed he made his first appearance in the world on that occasion but your house is not monsieur de morcerf's murmured mercedes and since he has been here i have watched him well well he has taken nothing yet the count is very temperate mercedes smiled sadly approach him said she and when the next waiter passes insist upon his taking something but why mother just to please me albert said mercedes albert kissed his mother's hand and drew near the count another salver passed loaded like the preceding ones she saw albert attempt to persuade the count but he obstinately refused albert rejoined his mother she was very pale well said she you see he refuses yes but why need this annoy you you know albert women are singular creatures i should like to have seen the count take something in my house if only an ice perhaps he cannot reconcile himself to the french style of living and might prefer something else oh no i have seen him eat of everything in italy no doubt he does not feel inclined this evening and besides said the countess accustomed as he is to burning climates possibly he does not feel the heat as we do i do not think that for he has complained of feeling almost suffocated and asked why the venetian blinds were not opened as well as the windows 
in a word said mercedes it was a way of assuring me that his abstinence was intended and she left the room a minute afterwards the blinds were thrown open and through the jessamine and clematis that overhung the window one could see the garden ornamented with lanterns and the supper laid under the tent dancers players talkers all uttered an exclamation of joy every one inhaled with delight the breeze that floated in at the same time mercedes reappeared paler than before but with that imperturbable expression of countenance which she sometimes wore she went straight to the group of which her husband formed the centre do not detain this gentleman here count said she they would prefer i should think to breathe in the garden rather than suffocate here since they are not playing ah oh, said a gallant old general who in eighteen o nine had sung partant pour la syrie we will not go alone to the garden then said mercedes i will lead the way turning towards monte cristo she added count will you oblige me with your arm the count almost staggered at these simple words then he fixed his eyes on mercedes it was only a momentary glance but it seemed to the countess to have lasted for a century so much was expressed in that one look he offered his arm to the countess she took it or rather just touched it with her little hand and they together descended the steps lined with rhododendrons and camellias behind them by another outlet a group of about twenty persons rushed into the garden with loud exclamations of delight End of chapter 70